The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition in rainy Manhattan, Kansas, of the Power Cat Podcast. I am Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and Zach Carlson, our MC, are alongside. And it's monsoon season in the Flint Hills. Flooding shall commence at any moment. I have not checked my basement for such flooding. I figured maybe it'll just go away. My roommate has a canoe that's in the backyard. I thought about grabbing it and throwing it down here. It rained nonstop and hard for hours last night. Hours. But we're here. We're still afloat. And we are ready to deliver another outstanding edition of the PowerCap Podcast, the maximum security of podcasts. We will come in first, but we don't know. We'll get disqualified? We don't know. We might. That's a terrible (laughs) analogy. I knew you were going to force it. We might. I don't know. Maybe someone will take it away from us. Fair enough. Greatness can't always be kept. Ah, boys. In case they just got a pickup. Football. It's got their running oh. back. Yes. Jordan Brown. What are the chances that the parents were trying to sp- spell Jordan and got it wrong? Maybe just left the A off the birth certificate, like instead of like the stick on the A. They just they got the circle part of the A, but they didn't get the stick part. I think they probably just thought it was an O instead of an A, and then their son ended up Jordan. I said Jordan. Oh. He'll his name will be Jada by the end of the year. So. Yeah, that's right. Cartier, the running back. I don't know. It's I think it says an awful lot about the state of Kansas State running backs that they took another grad transfer. Another one. Yeah. But yeah. but seriously, what a great tool for a new coaching staff to be able to get two experienced running backs, James Gilbert, of course, being the other one that was in spring football, to kind of supplement you in your first year after no returning running backs with experience. And just get through this year and get your freshman broken in and get some more guys in the tiller, till, what is it? Hopper. Hopper? I think is where you're going with that. In the queue? Well, we shouldn't, Not we shouldn't bring for- up Hopper because we are sponsored by WTC in our studios, WTC Gig Powered Studios, and the <laughs> podcast is sponsored by... I don't think Hopper's still a thing. I thought I just saw a commercial for the it. Hopper the Hopper dish. The Hopper. The Hopper. The Hopper. We're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into the fridge. We have some really cool mugs uh, here. What are these called, technically? Tumblers. Tumblers. That's not a tumbler. This is kind of a small tumbler. Is it? I think that's a tumbler. I think we need to do tumblers as a giveaway. Will it sweat? No. Uh-huh. Then it's a tumbler. You're right. Tumbler. From the fridge, they're purple, they're awesome, and they were available if you had stopped by our open house. We had a limited number of them. We appreciate that. A lot of great stuff from WTC, also on giveaway. And our friends over at Golf USA provided us with some imprinted stuff, balls and tees and 
I think we get most of those. Um, but they're pretty cool, too. And they also do tumblers. So maybe we'll be doing tumblers for new subscribers eventually. I don't know. The open house went great, though. I like how you say open house. See, yeah, I mean, it's so weird. See, open house. It's Zach like contends. So, it's like you're, it's like German, like you're saying like house, like H A U S. It's an open house. <laughs> Zach contends <laughs> that the emphasis has got to be on house. It's open house. It's an and open I, house. It's just an open house. And I and I think it's open house. Op, op, no. Open house. Oh yeah, I can't do it. An now. open house. Open house. Open house. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds I German. Uh, so. <laughs> I got a little German in me along with the Irish. We like to invade bars. Um, yeah, it went really well. We had a big crowd. There was more people here than I expected, to be honest. Uh, yeah, y'all walked in and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and and they ate less food than we expected. So now we all have a lot of leftovers. How's that chips and salsa going there, Zach? And the salsa's almost gone. Wow. I had to throw half the chips away because I wasn't going to eat them. They're going to go stale. Man. Yeah, we ended up with most of the corn salsa. Coco Bolos was our food provider on that. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And we got the little, little uh, whatever, the crackers with roast beef on them. Yeah, I don't it was know great. What those are called. I don't know. They're, they're fancy some things. I don't know. Hors d'oeuvres. And uh, secretly, we still have uh, about half of a one six keg in the yeah, back, I was back fridge. Talk about taking that home with me. <laughs> On, uh, I came into work Saturday, got a bunch of stuff done, um, and I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm like, hey, I've got beer. <laughs> and now the problem with that in my current state of health was I had about three beers, but I had to pee about nine times. Mm. So it didn't work out too well for my productivity, but uh, yeah, we, Dos Equis Amber. We didn't mess around on the beer. Pretty sure it was lager. Lager, that's right. Yeah. You had two different things written, though. You had what was, was on the keg, and then you had a label. Because I looked, and I tasted it, and I was like, this is definitely Did I put lager. amber? Yeah. Oh, uh, crap. Yeah. You lied. I lied. No wonder people left and didn't eat the food. The beer's mislabeled. Anyhow, thanks for everyone who came. Uh, it was fun. Um, we had a great time. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how many people came to, to actually see the incredible internet speeds we have from WTC, but I did post that on Twitter, and one one response was, "Holy hell, <laughs> upload speed!" And that was actually a slow day. I mean, usually I'm in the 960s. This was a 920 day uh, upload and download speed at about 920 megs per second. We're not messing around here. We're not messing around with our WTC fiber connection. This segment is sponsored by Tanner's, man. We're going to go eat at Tanner's right after this podcast and have a little meeting and footage. Well, scoop. Maybe we'll make it to Tanner's this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got uh, sidetracked last time and ended up uh, somewhere else. But anyhow, let's get going with the podcast. Enough of this nonsense. Here we go with your questions from Wabash Station. Here's the one and only Zach Carlson. From Wizard6294, how has your opinion or worries of the running back room uh, changed since adding the UNC grad transfer? Holy crap, you stuck that in there. Uh, yeah, because I forgot to lock the thread. I was writing the story about it, and then I was like, oh, oh, crap, the podcast question thread. Because, I, 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 guys, I assembled these questions 10 minutes before this kid committed. I assembled the questions, drove down, got to the office, and I got on Twitter, and he committed. So, not great. A lot of these questions were about bad running back situations. So, what well, we'll do with that, but... Uh 
I think it, you know, I said it in the open, and I apologize. I didn't know we were going to get a question. That's why I brought it up. They needed it. They obviously needed it. You don't take a second grad transfer at a position simply to do it. They expect him to come in and contribute, and I think the running back spot just got a lot better uh, because they've got a couple guys now that have proven they can play at this level. It's odd to me. Um, you know, I knew it was – I knew it was a position that they didn't necessarily feel comfortable at, but I thought that they would maybe look at it and go, okay, not great. We're not super happy with what we have, but maybe James can get there. You know, maybe he can go through the summer. He can figure out more things and go in, be the guy, be bad at running back for a year, and then we can kind of bring in some guys that we like. That's kind of the route I thought they were going to go. I didn't necessarily think they were going to keep pursuing transfers or or late additions for 2019, but here we are, and you know they added the commitment a couple weeks ago um, out of the right kid, and and now they got this uh, transfer in from North Carolina, Jordan Brown. I, it's an interesting one, um, and I think it's it's very tough to judge based on numbers because you don't. I don't think a lot of us are exactly. Uh, experts on on the way that Larry Fedora ran his program in North Carolina in terms of what offense. You know, he had 600-some yards in 2017, but he only had four touchdowns. Um, And then he took a little bit of a step back this last year. But, you know, he finished with over 1,000 yards in three years. Pretty good. Um, I I think they feel comfortable with what they found. They didn't get... You know, he's not going to come in and, and and win the Doak Walker, okay? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. not going to be that. They, they didn't just pick up Ricky Williams, uh, you know. Although that'd been awesome. I don't think Ricky's in plain shape. Neither am I, so I can relate to him. But you know what? You know what I mean. They didn't pick up someone who was like a superstar at North Carolina. He did play. They didn't pick up someone who was a bench warmer and just wants to go somewhere and play. He had his time cut. Um, so something was going on, but you never know. Uh, after covering Kansas State for years, I know this to be a fact. You never know if it was an on-field something or an off-field something or something unrelated. And maybe he didn't like Mac Brown and his style as they came in, took over there, uh, because that happens. And I'm a little surprised Kansas State hasn't had more departures of guys that just kind of said, "You know what? This isn't for me. I like yeah. to be. Uh, I like my life to be miserable. I want to go back to that." That was a shot at Bill Snyder, and I apologize to everyone, but players were not happy. From KSU Cat 80, I really liked his tape, yet nobody talks about him. So do you see Jack Stanine filling an important running back or fullback role? I think he could be fullback. I really do. Yeah, I just I got to see how much they're going to use him. Use the fullback, you know. Fullback. I know that I know they, they do. I got to see if that if it carries over over is what I'm saying. I I think yeah, I will. Absolutely. They'll use the fullback a lot. My question is, how do they feel about the fullbacks they inherited? Because they love Jax. They wanted Jax at North Dakota State because he fit them so perfectly, and he does seem to fit this offense perfectly. But is he physically ready and able, or does he need a year as a fullback, kind of like a linebacker or a DN, to physically develop into a man, particularly in the state of Kansas where you don't get as many opportunities? It is tough to – to see someone coming in as a true freshman and playing, but maybe that's the way that we've been, you know, quote unquote brainwashed to think over the last few years. They, they, Bill Snyder always redshirted people, you know, that that was just kind of what you did. So maybe Jax does play right away. I don't know. You're asking me to think inside the head of, of a coaching staff that I'm not super familiar with in terms of 
moves like that. But I think probably if there's going to be a, a true freshman to do it, it'd probably be him, I guess. I can't really think of any, I guess, sitting here off the top of my head, I'm probably missing on someone. But he, he seems like somebody that could do it um, if he was given the opportunity. Plus, you also get four games that you could play. Yes, and I forgot about that. You might see him play. You know, if you play him a couple games early on, you know, you can kind of test him out, see what he does against those non-con, and then if it doesn't pan out, just, you know, bench him. But Just throw him into the water at Mississippi State. Oof. Breakout game, three touchdowns, four-year starter. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to anyone. I wouldn't even do that to you, Riley. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. From KNED, the football team's weak at running back and has a returning quarterback and depth at wide receiver. Is this the type of staff that can and is willing to coach to the talent it has now and get its preferred offense with later recruiting classes or force the system they want to run and take the losses that might come with that? This offense is predicated on the run. This offense needs the run to set up the pass. Look, you can you can manipulate things around uh, your talent a little bit, but then you're not running your offense. They need to establish a run. They need to be able to run the ball, and I think that's why we just saw them get another grad transfer. Now, maybe they're not going to run it 65% of the time, which is – uh, honestly, I think that's a number that translates to the FCS level more. You know, I watched them play South Dakota State, Riley. And South Dakota State was a really good football team. Uh, but they talked about how they were the, the version of the spread at the FCS level. And I'm like, no, they're not. They, they're not running the spread. They throw it more than most teams at that level. But they're not tech. They're not doing anything like what we see in the Big 12. So I just think that's a more traditional level of football while the FBS level has now expanded into more of a wide-open run-and-gun type. I, be I believe they are completely correct in, in thinking they can come in, run the ball against defenses that are built to stop the pass and have success doing so, but you just can't do it with anyone. you got to have the guys. So maybe they'll have to get away with from it a little bit, but I'll say this. Running backs are either special, really bad, or they're just running backs. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, if you're an, a good running back, a good, not, not special like Darren Sproles, uh, a, a good running back like Alex Barnes, he's a good running back. But without a good offensive line, he wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't creating much on his own. He took advantage of what the line gave him. He was smart enough to find holes. But that could be coached. So I'm just saying that this offensive line is good enough to create enough space for average to above average running backs to be effective enough to set up the pass. People, people have a misconception about a successful running game. A successful running game doesn't mean you pick up 300 yards in a game. It means you force the defense to commit enough resources to stop that running game so that then you can take advantage of them in the pass. So you might look at the stats and say, well, they scored all their touchdowns through the air. Why did they not pass it more? Because they ran it effectively enough to force a defense to commit resources to bring the safeties up, to keep the linebackers at home, and open up the passing routes. 
It's a very NFL philosophy. It's a very old school philosophy. I love that philosophy. I have long said that. Do they have guys good enough to do it? I think they might. You know, between these two grad transfers and a freshman or two, Jake Trotter. Jake Trotter. Harry Trotter. Wow. I would hate to see Jake Trotter take wow. me off. Jake, you just got a free mention on the Powercat podcast. Harry Trotter, uh, I think, is going to be a situational guy. I think he has some things. I noticed in what few open areas we had, they seem to be throwing the ball to him a lot. So I think there's going to be some situational things there. Um, uh, the, The question is very valid, though. Do they have enough here to run their offensive effectively? And I'm just going to say it. If they can't run it effectively enough to make a defense change the way it's having to defend you, then this team will struggle. Not this offense. This team will struggle. I have no more to add on that. That's when you say yes. Oh, yeah. I should have just said that. Do it real quick for me. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) From Infected Testicle. Uh. A few months ago, Kleiman said it's not about X's and O's, but Jimmy's and Joe's. Was Kleiman just giving a cool quote, or does he believe that? That's, that's, That's the most overused quote in college football. As to college basketball, like I, I can't think of one off the top of my head for basketball. Here's players. my thought. Yeah. He was talking to recruits. He was sending a message to recruits that, hey, you're, you're a good player. We want the Jimmys and Joes. It's, it's not, we're no longer a system at K-State. We're, we're about the players. Talking to the players, sending a message to the fans probably a little bit too. Hey, I know that you've recruited the two-star Nice kid from rural America that works hard and has the three nine GPA, but we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of that, but we're gonna get some dudes as well. Um, and what was what was the second half of that question or the second part of it? The end on something odd. What the was Kleiman just giving a cool quote or does he oh. believe it? Oh, okay, sorry, I thought I heard. Uh, I don't think he believes it. <sighs> Look, if he if he. Didn't be, if he did believe that, he wouldn't have immediately said, "I want guys that run run the system I ran at North Dakota State, and I want someone come in on the defensive side of the ball that understands what I want to do defensively." Although his initial hire still baffles me, but yeah. he's going to be running the systems now that he ran at North Dakota State. So that tells me there's a lot of X's and O's. From Raceland, 1982, how important is this next season for Chris Kleiman and for K-State football in general? Mm, I, I think the first seasons are somewhat overplayed. View Matt Rule at Baylor. Yeah. That, didn't, that didn't foretell a total collapse of Baylor football, although uh, it should have. But I think to the same extent, Baylor, you can almost look at that Baylor season and say it kind of has the same feel as this K-State season. Not to the same loss record, obviously, but in the same feel, feeling of we knew that Matt Rule inherited a mess. We right. knew it was going to take him some time. We know that Chris Kleiman doesn't have the talent he wants. No. I'm we know that Chris Kleiman doesn't have the pieces that he wants, and it's going to take some time. So in that extent, I'd say it doesn't matter at all. Wait until next year until the next next year and we get to really see him start once he gets his feet wet he has time to recruit guys he wants 
Then at the same time, I can I will sit here and say it is vital that he wins at least six games this year and he goes back to a bowl game because you will have the pitchforks and the torches at the ready if you lo- if you win five or less games this year because that's exactly what you did with Bill Snyder and you ran the Hall of Fame coach out the door. I agree. I I think for for the big picture, uh, you can, you'll be fine if you lose more than you win in the first season, in the long run. But, yeah, for the momentum of the program and for the fans, you, you better get to a bowl, man. You know, you better get to a bowl. and Six wins is not hard to accomplish. He's, uh, <laughs> like it's not. I, I've noticed Coach Kleiman has started a, a little bit of annoying habit in that he kind of is bad-mouthing his own team about the talent level. You know, there's a there's another way to do that. There's a way we got to go get some we got to get some more guys. We got we got some really good players. We need lots of good players. Uh, you know, he he's out there saying they they weren't as talented as South Dakota. I heard. That's what somebody said on the podcast last week. I I never saw. I've it. never heard it, but if so, man, come on, dude, come on, can't do that. You you can't do that. But that's stupid. That's not even close to true. I covered that game. K State played like ass. And still won, but I I looked at the players on the field. K State was bigger, stronger, faster. They just didn't give a damn that day, and it took Isaiah Zuber to make a big play. That's your FCS bias coming into play there. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I think he's finding out on the recruiting trail those rings don't mean much to players that are clearly FBS people. Those rings are impressive to the tweeners. The people that can get it, North Dakota State, but the the big time kids, particularly the ones that have grown up around K State, Nebraska, you know those kind of programs, but you know Oklahoma, Missouri, man, they don't care what you did in North Dakota State. They really don't. Honestly, most K State fans wouldn't know much about North Dakota State if A, they hadn't come in here and won, and B, they hadn't hired an athletics director who then proceeded to hire the coach from there. Most fans of the FBS could give a rat's ass about the FCS and the recruits, too. So I just spun off. Onward. Uh, last question of the first half from I Like Pigles Cat. If K-State wins four games next year in football, what would your reaction be? Not great, Bob. Well said. <laughs> well said. I, You know, they're going to have to really struggle not to win. You got two immediate wins in the non-con. If you lose one of those two non-cons that you've got at home, then the alarm bells go off. Yeah. And then I'm going to laugh because, particularly if it's Nickel State, it's like, ah, how's it feel, coach? You've got those two for sure under your belt. Um the Baylor one is one you should win because it's going to be at home. It's a team that I think you're better than. Um, you know, just going down the list, I think you're pretty equally talent with Iowa State. Um, they're better at – well, you can't, I don't even know if they're better at quarterback. They have a really good setup at quarterback, but they lost two amazing skill players in, in David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler. So That's going to hurt them. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just looking at the opponents and I'm going, I, you could play bad football and win five games. I think you could play bad football and win six games. That's why. That's why I'm setting the bar at at seven, eight wins. Eight's probably a little much. Six, seven wins, just because I, I think that's where this program is. I think with a competent coaching staff like the one they have, uh, seven wins is kind of where I'm putting it at. So my reaction if they won four games would be like, 
Uh, crap, what the hell? Because I think you could find even a mediocre FCS coaching staff, give them decent talent, and find a way to win four football games. It's not hard to do. Yeah, this staff, this staff is too good or advertises too good, and we've done some of that advertising, uh, to not win five or more, I think. Seven is my number two. Six is kind of like, eight is like, oh, oh that was not the Sure, I like it. So uh, we're going to be back in the second half of this podcast with more questions from Wildbass Station, and we will do everything possible to be a The Power Camp Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Camp Podcast. The Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, has returned for the second week of May. At this time next week, I will be in Hawaii. I'm just saying. Wow, humble brag. I'll be in Hawaii. Uh, the wife and I are going for the first time. Never been to Hawaii. I don't like flights, man. I don't like three hours is kind of my limit. Four hours, I've done it, and I've been uh, uh, ready to jump out of the plane. And uh, just the leg from the West Coast to Hawaii is five hours. I love flying. And now, well, you're not fat. Uh, (laughs) And tall. I've got the double whammy. I'm fat and tall. So usually my knees are buried and my sides are, yeah. So I'm going to have to get up and move around. But that'll be a no-brainer because every opportunity to pee will be taken. Because that's my life now. In fact, I'm surprised I haven't had to take a break here in the podcast to go do so. Is it one of those flights where, like, you – is it, like, a normal plane or is it kind of bigger? Uh, there's a more variety of seats, and I did upgrade to the more leg room. We're going to Hawaii Comfort in plus. July. So. I don't know what – see, we're flying American out of Manhattan to Dallas and then San Francisco uh, next Tuesday. And then Wednesday morning we wake up and go Hawaiian Airlines because, I mean, how else? I mean, your first time to Hawaii, you got to fly Hawaiian Airlines, don't you? No, we're not. You don't have to. I think we're flying. It's part United. of the experience, isn't it? I, if if you want to, yeah. So anyhow, we're going in. Well, they just have they fly more places in Hawaii. Yeah. So we're going into Honolulu, um, and then uh, spend four nights there, and then we switch islands and have seven nights there, and then it's a Kona. We're flying out of coming back. 
on the Big Island, not Hilo, but Kona, I think. I'm not sure. That sounds right. Uh, but that night, we, or that afternoon, we leave in the afternoon, so we're red-eyeing it back. We will go to Los Angeles, and that we have like a, we actually have a first class, one of those bed seat things going on. My flat? Yeah. Like I could. Um, and then uh, then we connect. We'll get into L.A. like at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. their time. And then we have a red eye into Dallas. And then the early flight into Manhattan is going to suck. Anyhow. Uh, and uh, I will need products from the fridge also liquor in my bag. Maybe I should sneak a little, uh, those little travel whiskeys on. Well, you, it's, it's technically you illegal. To, it's very legal to have them on the plane. It's, you can, it's illegal to drink. It's not illegal. I straight up checked them. It's so illegal you, to drink them. It's illegal to drink them. You cannot which, consume your own alcohol yeah, on a plane. It's so dumb. It's it, so dumb. You can I'm, check them, but you can't it, drink them. Is it illegal or just against company policy? I think it's, illi- I think it's, it's illegal. Oh, I, I don't think it is. I think it's just against the rule. Like, hey, you don't do that. It's like... <laughs> what, it's, what's illegal about it? What charge? It's, it's like it's on? like bringing your... Uh, Bringing alcohol into a golf course, they serve alcohol there. You can't bring your own well, alcohol. It's not into a illegal. Golf it's it's just against their rules. Yeah, That's, uh, illegal is you get arrested for it. They wouldn't yeah. arrest you for that. You, yeah, it's they illegal. They will arrest me if I had a, brought my own beer on the Colbert Hill. No, I'm so. not saying they'll erase or arrest you. They'll cite you. They'll give you a ticket for it. On what? What's on the what charge? I don't know what the I don't know what the the law is, but you can't bring your own alcohol onto a golf course. And it's the I same thing as a plane. They a can rule. eject you from the course, but they can't arrest you. I think it's just a rule. I don't think illegal to. This is great radio. Drink. Uh, this is hold on. I'm typing and I'm. <laughs> he's he's the, talking. Oh, out. This is not the first person to do it. Uh, yeah, I got to your and then it just finished own alcohol on it. Nice. I know that I brought it on the plane to Mexico last summer. I'm gonna. It isn't illegal. It's just against company policies. In fact, I, I think there are airlines that will allow you to do it, which is weird because they just want to sell you booze. It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna do it because then I pee more. Yo, I'd buy their drinks if they were bigger. Eight dollars for a small thing of of whiskey and like a splash of a your expired Coca Cola. You're just. That's not outrageous pricing by most world outside of a college town. No, 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 no. That's not outrageous pricing for a bar. That's outrageous pricing for the size of cup they're going to give yeah. you on an airplane. You're just a... You're, it's like a four-ounce cup. You're a hostage. They can do whatever they I know. Want. It's stupid. Anyhow. At least they give you the full beer if you buy the beer. I, I, I will be actually probably packing some liquor into my checked bag. Checked bag. To... Uh, Take onto the plane. Nice. Not, not onto the trip. Anyhow, let's move yeah, on. I knew where you were. Let's going. move on with this. Uh, here from the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. Our questions from Wabash Station. Here's Zach. Um, from the dot two, uh, are Kansas high school basketball players too proud to play at K State if not recruited by Kansas? I, I'm, I'm guessing this is in reference to Caleb Grill, who mm, that's announced a, his commitment to Iowa State over Kansas State this week. That's an interesting question. Um, like, uh, you didn't get asked to the prom by the right person, so you don't want to go with their friend. I think, I don't think it's a matter of being too proud to play at K-State because of, because of, K-State being K-State, I think it's a matter of, I think I am a blue blood type player, 
Right. And I didn't get recruited by. I, I think there might be an element in that from what, what you're explaining. I think I'm a blue blood. Katie's a blue blood. I'm not clearly going to go to the non-blue blood program in the state, just down the road. I'll go to Iowa State. They have more of a national profile, which I don't agree that they should, but I think they do. I think nationally people respect them more than K-State. They shouldn't based on results, but I think that's, you know, just perception around the country. I, I know you think I'm just negative about everything, Bruce Weber. They botched this recruiting. They botched it, man. They missed him the first time. Well, they didn't even try the first time because he was going to WSU. He was going to Wichita State. What? So you don't try? Man, you're trying a lot of dudes that you're not going to get. To use that as an excuse is weird. You're trying a lot of dudes that are they're looking at Duke and, you know, KU and the Blue Bloods. So you don't even put your foot in the water the first time very deep on a Kansas kid? Come on. What blew my mind about that is the fact that they are – they were apparently too afraid to waste their time because he was going to Wichita State. I waste a lot of time in recruiting. But they can go to an AAU camp and see, I'll pull the kid's name, is Patrick Baldwin. He's the number one overall player in 2021. And K-State was one of his very first offers. And they knew he was going to blow up. They knew he was a five-star. You don't think that's a waste of your time? But Caleb Grill going to Wichita State is a waste of your time. I, I agree with you. I, they're, they're in some ways, they're different cases. You, you got on this kid first, so maybe you feel like you can get him. I get that. Okay, I get that. Maybe you can steal him. Maybe you can, he falls in love with you. I don't think you're romancing recruits well enough to make them fall in love with you so much that they're going to deny Duke and other programs. But let's just say that's your perception. If that's your perception of yourself in that case, why don't you think that you can go in and romance a kid out of Wichita State? I don't know. I think they screwed up. This was the excuse they told the family. The family shared it publicly. It's a bad look. Uh, and then they just they couldn't make up for that. They just couldn't make up for that. Uh, that's my guess. And, and Iowa State is a little more... Maybe the kid doesn't want to go play really intense defense. That I mean, it could be that. Maybe he doesn't like maybe Because God knows he's not going to do that at Iowa State. They're going to have their moments, but they're going to get up and down and run. They're just going to try to outscore you. That's a fun brand of basketball to play, and it won't take you very far in life. I mean, that's, uh, you know, playing defense, doing the things that Bruce Weber does with his program is why he's winning Big 12 championships, because you got to defend at that level. When you play the way Iowa State does, you can have a good three days in Kansas City and win a title, you know, win a conference title via the tournament. If that's good enough, that's okay. I mean, but if you want to grind it out over 18 games and do the things you got to do, then you went to the wrong program. So, that, anyhow, I'm just troubled by K-State's inability to close and see through the recruiting process on enough kids. They end up settling on way too many recruits. From Wildcat Wabash, is it concerning that Bruce Weber had the equity of an Elite Eight run followed by a conference championship, and this is the recruiting class that he was able to get? <laughs> okay, that's it's very funny to have that question asked for a couple reasons. Number one, when he says this is the recruiting class that they're able to get, I I agree it should have been a better class. 
but it's it's a very K-State class. It's it's a very Bruce Weber class. I mean, these are the type of players he's going to get. He's going to get one really, really probably pretty good player, um, and he's going to land a project or two, one that you're a little bit iffy on. Um, and you, that's kind of what you have there. And I, I wouldn't even – so that's my expectations for the recruiting classes that Bruce Weber brings in That's because that's just what they are, um, and I'm fine with that. What I have a where where I get critical of it is because after the Elite Eight, Bruce was flying the banner that kids were reaching out to him. We're hearing back from more kids now. You know, we went to the Elite Eight. Now some kids are are more interested in us. That's great. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Where are they? What happened to them? If 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 what took if it took an Elite Eight run to get a recruit to call you back, and he didn't end up coming here. You have to win a national championship to land two four stars in a class. Well, I think that's a confession that it, that it's them that hey, more kids are interested in us, but then when we talk to them, they don't come here. Yeah, I, I look the stock's never been higher. I just that's what's frustrating about it, and it's and I'd say this about Chris Kleiman if he goes and wins a bunch of games, I'll, I'd say it about Frank. I said it about Frank Martin. <laughs> yeah. I was a little bit shocked that he kind of regressed after going to the Final Four. You would think lead eight. He went to the final. Oh, well, oh, sorry, South I was Carolina. South Carolina. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's frustrating because you got to win games to get recruits. You won games. You won rings. You went to the the elite eight. You were one of the. You were March Madness. You were what every kid wants to be, and it didn't matter. You ended up getting a really good player out of Chicago, a talented player out of Houston that might develop into something. And a major project out of Oklahoma that was going to Tulsa before you found him. Oh, and then you also added a kid that left within four months. Look, if you own a construction company, when you do a really good job building something, that doesn't instantly mean you're going to get a bunch of other jobs. It means you're going to be able to pitch to get other jobs that maybe you weren't before, but you still got to pitch and close the deal. And the closing the deal thing just isn't happening at the rate I think it should. I think they're going to really face a tough struggle next year, not just because they're recruiting. The thing they're going to really face is so many new bodies means they won't have the same buy-in or um, like muscle memory of the defensive concepts. There's a lot to be said about continuity in sports. Yeah, so we'll see how it pans out. From Adam K63, I know you've mentioned in your podcast about not having a closer with basketball recruiting. Do you think that the staff doesn't have a recruiter that prospects can relate to? I just, I don't know that enough. I, I, yeah. Let me float this out there. What did we say about Bill Snyder for years, about being on the recruiting trail? Coaches were pitching against him. He's old. Mm-hmm. He's going to be done soon. You don't want to play for a coach that's not going to be there when you're done. Is there a possibility that that's yeah. starting to happen with Bruce Weber? Because he's, I think he's very, he's a very honest man, and I think he's probably told his colleagues that, yeah, I'm just going to do this three or four more years, because we've had people tell us that he's told them that. And even if he hasn't told anybody that, it, it's kind of common sense. He's sixty something. He's not going to do this forever. He's not Bill Snyder, so. I don't think it's out of line to think that that's coming into play a little bit. Probably. And then when you've got Steve Prohm and T.J. Olsenberger fighting for a kid. Who can both sell the fact they will be there all four years of your career. One at UNLV, yeah, I'll be here four years. I just arrived. Just got here. The other one just signed a new deal, which is pure window dressing, but you can sell it. Yeah, I just got a new deal. I'm going to be here for the long run. They could have hired. 
the mayor back. But they kept me. I'll be here for you. Don't worry about that. So I'm not saying that that's definitely what's happening. I haven't heard anything about that. I'm just I'm trying to think outside the box because maybe we do put too much emphasis on the whole closing thing. I think they've got coaches that can recruit. I think they've got kids or they've got coaches that can convince kids this is where they want to be. They closed on Dejuan Gordon. He was a silent SMU commit. I know that for a fact. He told the SMU coaches he was going there. And somehow they flipped him. So they've got the ability to do it. But it doesn't make sense why they don't do it when it in, in these ones where it seems so obvious and it seems so easy. Every kid's different. And maybe that was about the mother or... So you don't know what the hot button will be. That's typical of any sales. And maybe they hit the hot button they needed for that and other kids. And they, they kind of mess on others. As far as relating, I don't know. It's entirely possible. It really is. It it really is. Um, but I, I'm not in a position. I don't, I've never seen those guys pitch. I've never seen them uh, how they relate to these kids. So I can't really comment on that. I just know that the results show they're not closing. From Canelio, I understand we missed out on another in-state standout with Caleb Grill, but aren't we going to be strong in the backcourt back for the next few years anyway? I really like our 19-20 guards. Yeah, that's fine. It's not about 19-20 and 20-21. It's about 21-22 and 22-23. Yeah, David Sloan's going to be gone in two years. Yeah, the, the problem with this team ne- next year is they didn't bring in enough following the Wade Brown Stokes class. They brought in about one guy a year. And he really, if you look at it, in a four-year cycle, you better be bringing in two two legitimate players at the level you're playing to have eight guys to go, on average. And they really were at one. I like Cardi. I like X. I think McCall can do some things. But once X and McCall are gone, who's stepping in there? Yeah. Once Cardi and Mike and everybody are gone. Who's the guy? <laughs> that That's the thing. is You might be good for the next two years, but are you good for the next three and four? And that's where the confusion comes, and that's where the frustration comes with losing on Caleb Grill is because it's a four-year guy with talent, hometown. He's going to develop into something, and now he's not here. And what are you doing? I don't, I don't even know what they're doing anymore about the last spot. It's frustrating. From Wrestling 1982, is this staff incapable of signing quality big men, and if so, why? I think the evidence is yes. <laughs> that's not even us being critical. I mean, I, I, there's just evidence out there that that's exactly it. DJ Johnson was, you know, hitting the target with a blindfold. He was, for some reason, he was still available. <laughs> Unexplicably. <laughs> and, and, a lot of it goes to DJ. He really worked hard to develop. He really worked on his body and his game to develop. Uh, but he had some natural things. He was quicker. He had more explosion. I don't see some of those things from the guys they're signing. Uh, there, there's a degree that you can develop those things, but if a guy didn't have explosion, ability to the second jump to be immediate, um, and if he... You know, if he just doesn't have good feet, doesn't move well, it's going to be really hard for him to develop. They can they can develop and mechanically get better but not have the natural instincts you really want a player to have. I almost rather them go find a kid that has those things and say, okay, now we're going to try to develop the rest of the game. 
they stink at recruiting big men. McCall Moween's a transfer, kind of fell in their lap. Yeah, they recruited him, but he started somewhere else. Dean Wade was was the Kansas kid that they got, and they were able to bring in. Um, but he he's really a small forward. Yeah, he's a six ten small forward. He didn't play like a big man a lot. No, he didn't. He can bang when when they try to slide him down the five, which I advocated. He didn't like it. He didn't wasn't effective. He's he's good at defending fours, uh, but really NBA he's going to be a, a slow small forward. And that's probably why he's not going to get drafted. They stink at it. The guys, they they just go out and get very stiff, awkward, slow guys. And I don't know how they think they're going to make them more agile and athletic. You can develop skills, but your physical abilities, you have a ceiling. I know that. I mean, I was painfully slow. I didn't. No matter how much I worked, I could never get faster. So... I, I was what I was. I think you said it best a few weeks back or whatever when you said that they just take too many chances on projects. And it's fine to take a few, but you can't build your entire foundation on it. And that's what the big men are right now. That's really all I have to add. From KSU Cat 80, is small ball with three guards, a small forward, and one center slash power forward uh, a good structure to play successfully in the Big 12? I mean, hell, they played real well with it in the in the NCAA tournament. Uh, when they played Kentucky, it's tough to. I, my gut says it's not a good way to play, but for some reason this team plays well when they put smaller players on the floor. Um, and maybe and maybe that that'll change now that some of these guys are gone. You know, without a Barry Brown out there, without having maybe Dean Wade as your big guy, maybe maybe the small ball um, doesn't work as much anymore. But I guess we got to give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit because they have proven us wrong to the point of you can play small. Um, I just don't know if I feel comfortable with the players that they're going to play small with, but I have to wait and see and, and just, like I said, give them the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully they work out and, and they're not left with literally no answers either way that they want to play. I like this team playing small. I do. So I don't mind the fact I, I much rather have them go small than put out, you know, um, just a big guy that can't play. Although I'll say this, they went small with, with James Love in there at one point this season. What game was that? Was it KU? Uh, no, I don't think it was KU, was uh, it? They went, and, and he didn't do anything statistically, but they played well. Yeah. So, that was the game that we were like, yeah, maybe there's something there. And then he looked at his stats and went, he yeah. didn't do a damn <laughs> So I, I don't mind him playing small. It's not going to work against everyone, but I think it'll work against enough, especially because X – turned himself into uh, an aggressive rebounder. He started, uh, we talk about explosion. He's got that. He can go rebound because he can get up there and go get the ball. And if he doesn't do it on the first jump, the second one is immediate and he goes and gets it. So, yeah, I, I think I don't mind them going small. That's why I still wanted Grill. I, I know they got a lot of talent back there. I wouldn't mind having three guards to go with X and Macau and get up and down, shoot some threes, but get up and down the court. They're horrible in the half-court offense. They're horrible against zones. Don't let them set up. Turn up the pressure. Get up and down. You'll you'll win some games doing that. From Limestone Silo, using a recent K-State player as your guide, what is your ceiling and floor expectation for David Sloan? <sighs> That's tough. That's real tough. Um <sighs> Ceiling, man. It's, the examples he gave was Poland as a ceiling, Stokes as the floor, and then 
but he fears that you'll say Corby Irvin for ceiling and Javon Thomas for floor. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and tell you this right now, and you will go ahead and write this down, tweet it at me. I don't care if you want to do it. David Sloan will not be Jacob Pullen, okay? He's a very talented player. He will not be Jacob Pullen. That's just absurd to even put the bar there. Is Stokes the ceiling? Wouldn't you be happy if you got Stokes? A less turnover-prone Stokes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe Javon Thomas is the floor. Maybe he's a guy that, that has all the credentials, but he gets this level and he just turns out to be a point guard that can't shoot free throws. <laughs> or do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I hate, it's so lazy for me to just continue to compare him to Corby. But this just feels so much like Corby. It looks like Corby. He looks like Corby Irvin. He does. <laughs> but, like, Corby put up absurd numbers at Juco and then did nothing. I mean, he was a fine player at K-State. He wasn't anything special. He was, he was a— I liked Corby. He was kind of a glue guy. Yeah. The team seemed to be better at times when he was on the court just because he— He did the dirty stuff. Like, he would yeah. get after rebounds. Yeah, go rebound. Yeah. But, look, I think it's a nice addition. I like it. Um— yeah, I know Wally is really crazy about it, and a lot of that has to do with his Team USA stuff out of high school. And, and he did have an impressive list out of high school. You should go read Kellis' story. His story is actually really interesting as to how he ended up in JUCO. But it's it's just very tough for me to put a lot of stock in a JUCO, guys, because Bruce Weber's JUCO track record is n- now not very good with Austin Trice. And Corby Irvin being nothing more than a fine player. But that's kind of the case with a lot of Jucos. You don't really see tons of Juco players be the these big splash guys. So I think he'll come in and push for time. He'll probably be the backup point guard over Sean. Um, because I just I think it'll be Cartier at the one, and I think it'll be Dejuan at the two. I think David will come off the bench. But that's fine. Maybe you needed some extra experience in there. Maybe you don't feel good about Sean yet. I think that, well, Sean did some, uh, I wanted to say things. the refreshment mistakes, but they continued all year. I'm going to drive into the lane. I have no clue where I'm going or what I'm going to do when I get there. Yeah. Oh, crap. That that happened repeatedly throughout the season, and that had to be distressing because that indicates a lack of true point guard instincts that he could create in high school because he'd get himself into positions and then be athletic enough to make something happen. I don't know. Last question of the second half from MBCAT. Where do you see men's basketball finishing in the Big 12 next season? Very early to do that. So a lot of additions to be made. KU right now is a very meh team, but they just added a four-star top 50 player last night, and in the next week they could add one of the best players in the country and suddenly be national contenders again. So it's very tough to answer the question. But if you're making me do it, I'm well, saying dude, somewhere. Well, they got that new Adidas contract. There's got to be some little extra well, mm, we, on the backside. You do get a couple wins if you were the victims, remember. Yeah, yeah. You're the victims of the shoe contract and then sign with the company. So basically, KU just married their abuser. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. They Tyree killed that thing. Yes, they just married ty- the Tyree kill of shoe companies. Yep. Um, but I'm, I, I'd probably say somewhere from four to seven is where I'm ranging it right now as of today. I think I did six in my way too early Big 12 rankings. I'll go four to seven. I'll go one. Somewhere one to ten. One to ten. I'm going to go one somewhere. Two to nine. Two to nine. That's a, Won't I, be the worst. Won't be, be the worst. worst. Won't be the best. <laughs> and that's what we aim for at the Power Cat Podcast. 
That's the second segment. We were sponsored by someone I failed to mention. I'll get to them in the third segment. We'll be right back. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fringe Wholesale Liquor. Here we go with the final segment, the overtime of the PowerCat Podcast. We're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And the second segment was sponsored by the High Low, but I've kind of forgot to mention them. So uh, they're back in their original spot of the third segment this week. I didn't mean to demote them back, but technically this is what they started off sponsoring. So they're right back at home. The High Low, great pizza, incredible burgers. Uh, go play a little Milwaukee roulette. Put down your money. They push a button and you drink what you got. That that seems like a great idea. Uh, I'm not a Milwaukee roulette kind of guy, but if you're a real gambler, a chance taker, you know. I'm just here to have fun. Try new things. Get creative. That's you. You're I bought this beer called Sweetwater Pale Ale. Was it good? Yeah, I like pale ales. It was pretty good. Where is it from? Sweetwater, Texas? I don't know. I don't know. Stuff I should look. But I'm I'm all about I'll always try something once. We have some uh, I don't know if you we have some cords that. from a company called Sweetwater. I don't think it's mm. the same company. They gave us candy. They gave us some taffy. Yeah, it was really don't don't include the laffy taffy. Saltwater? Are you into laffy taffy? Um yes. Oh um, I was a big laffy taffy person before I got braces. Then you know you're not really supposed to do that. I noticed your smile; it's special. Here we go. Powercat podcast sponsored by Fridge. Here's Zach from the WTC Gig Powered Studios with your questions. From Limestone Silo, is the new Powerchat Studio out of the flood zone when the Tuttle Tuttle Creek oh, Dam breaks? Crap. No, it's not. And it rained so much last night. I literally thought we we're going to come in and everything we've done would be undone. Because that would be so depressing. The water had to be rising. Downtown and in Aggieville, it rained hard for prolonged periods overnight. I don't know. And we must have lost power because we got a piece of equipment that freaked out. Yep. Got to see if that still works. I'm not that good with, I'm not that good with, uh, we can try to reset it. I've tried. I know. (laughs) The flood, the flood stuff and the lake and Zach's really educated on that. I don't really know it. Apparently it's a pretty big thing here. I'm still kind of learning that. 
Yeah, if the dam breaks, we're going to be underwater. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. You will, too, where you live. Uh, <laughs> Don't a- worry. I just got to get out in the next two weeks. Well, you just moved into another flood zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I might be on the third floor. <laughs> there's a reason why Zach and I are feeling pretty good about where we live. Yeah. Uh, we'll be, we're on higher ground. It was funny watching the, the rain go down the street the other day, though, just with all the... Just coming Legitimate down hard. question, though. If it flooded at those apartments that I'm moving to, you know where I'm moving to, and yeah. I'm on the third floor. I'm good. You're good. Well, like, how are you going to get up to it? I'll just, I'll just never. No, leave. You, 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 your stuff <laughs> will be fine until the mold erupts through the whole building. I'll just never leave the apartment. I'll work from home. Yeah, it's that's all right. At least you'll. Yeah, you can go loot alcohol. Yeah. I feel like all of the new places they've built to live in in Manhattan over the last. Six, seven years have been right in a flood zone. Well, because Manhattan doesn't have enough areas to develop. You got a you got a major military base, you got a huge state reservoir, you know, and then you got floodplains. Or you can go east towards Wamigo, which they have. Yeah. Um you just don't have enough space. So they've been way too permissive on letting people build in flood zones. And then they flood. Well, it's supposed to be over 500 years. Well, it was every 500 years before you started putting all this concrete on the ground, so water has nowhere to go except yeah. continue to go up. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, the floodplain is a plain where water gets to sit and soak in until it can retreat into its banks. That's, And it can't do that with a parking lot. Right. That's why Plaza West got flooded in September. Yeah. All, the, all the stuff on Wildcat Creek. Just right. keep building on it. And, and then the water's got to go it, somewhere. It. Yeah, water's got to go somewhere. It's just not going to go to my house. Although we do have flood issues at my house just because the way the water runs, it can kind of turn the corner and come on its way to lower ground, come back at my house and get into my Science. It's, we actually, at one point, when we, we took out a... a a one-foot section of a retaining wall to put in a picket fence for the dogs. That one-foot section of that retaining wall allowed water rushing through our north lawn to turn the corner to the house. It was incredible. And we, our house flooded. Our basement flooded. From KSU Cat 80, in your evolving roles with Go Power Cat, do you prefer writing articles or creating podcasts? That's an interesting question. That's a great question. Who's that from? KSU Cat 80. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of different. It's a tough answer. Because I like sitting here and talking because I, it's me. Like I, this is this is not like a professional voice or anything, you know. You kind of have your different voices that you do. You have your different ways of talking, and this I, is just us. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, the the pregame show was evident. <laughs> we were different on that thing. Yeah, so um, and the same with writing is like I don't. You try to be as fact based and and formal and everything with. Not, not that you don't try to be fact-based here. I'm just saying, like, this is... There's more shooting from the hip. Yeah. You're, you don't get a copy edit what you say. It's a lot more relaxed environment, so... It's probably more fun to do a podcast, but we it's more creative to do writing things, because I get to think about different things, different angles. I, I like doing it all. I really do. That's what one of the things I love about this, is I, I get to do a little video, although I don't do as much as I used to, because I'm ugly. Um... And you weren't before? No, I used to be very handsome. Oh, okay. I used to be very, very handsome. People call me Clooney, and then they realized it wasn't. Hmm. I don't think that's true. Okay. Uh, 
just call me a liar. Uh, I get to do it. I, I, I enjoy this, and I'll be doing more podcasting in the future because that is something CBS is expanding into, so we will have more selections. We've got some cool ideas we're working on. Um, and, uh, of course, the Power Chat, if we ever get it going. Can we get that going? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Zach, do you prefer writing or podcasting? Oh, well, I hate writing. <laughs> Zach's like, you got any uh, words I can put in my story? Get it to the required word count? And I'm like, I mean, I got quotes. And he's like, that's fine. <laughs> and it is fine. Because people, it, it, okay, let me explain. There, there's like required word counts, not for 24-7, but for searches. Google. Google wants you to have this much content, so you kind of have to have that much in. So you'll see us on videos once in a while put in stuff. You're probably going, why is that there? Well, it'll show up on Google searches. <laughs> it's part yeah. of the thing 24-7 is really good at and other places haven't been. So, But, no, I, I like doing it all. I'm, I don't like, I'll be honest, I don't like just writing to write. Just here's a feature on this player. That's not me, really. I'm a columnist. I'm a pontificator. I want to write stuff. And so you see me when I'm really motivated about a topic like Bill Snyder's retirement that comes in waves and then it goes away. Uh, just And also because in my duties as publisher, I've got a lot of things going on. And health-wise, i got a lot of things going on. And certainly as of late, I've been Tim Allen doing home improvements here. <laughs> yeah. And that's the way the office looks. From Wildcat Wabash, what program do you think will have more success next year, K-State football or men's basketball? That's a great question. Well, it depends how you define success. They're two different things. They're Would you argue winning? Bowl game and NCAA tournament is what's, the baseline. What's a better, what's more successful, winning winning a lower-tier bowl game or losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament? Winning a lower-tier bowl game. Well, but but still, I mean, you got to look at it. As a, what happened last year, I think winning the... The whatever bowl in Tempe, Phoenix. The, the Cheez-It Bowl? Yeah, that's what it is right now. The cactus, oh, the Cactus Bowl. The Cactus Bowl. The Wiser Lock Copper Bowl. <laughs> uh, what was it? Into the Insight.com Insight. Bowl. Insight.com Bowl. And then it just became the Insight Bowl because that made sense to drop your .com so nobody knew it was your company. Um You know, winning a Big 12 championship and then losing in the first round I think is better than winning the Crapola Bowl. Well, yeah, winning a Big 12 title, of course. But, yeah, I, I I think going to a bowl game still holds more gravitas. And and only and I know that, you know, 500. I'll put, it, I'll put it this way. If the basketball team makes the round of 32, I would give the nod to the basketball team, no matter what the football team does, up to about, like the Alamo, Alamo Bowl, yeah, that's what anything Alamo Bowl and above, the football team gets, unless K State goes to the second yep. weekend. Ask me in April. I, I, if I had to sit here right now, I would pick football, but I'm not really confident in that. Pick. I'm not confident either way. So, <laughs> from KSU Cat eighty, outside of work, what are your favorite hobbies? Murder. I, I tried to go. <laughs> What? Sorry. What? <laughs> so, so I uh, called my buddy Toby the other day, uh, and he goes, "Man, what have you been doing?" I said, "I've been putting hostas in the ground because my answer would be gardening." Strangely enough, uh, as I've gotten older, I enjoy gardening. And he goes, "You've been putting hostages in the ground." He thought I was on speakerphone. He thought I said I've been putting hostages in the ground instead oh of hostas, God. the plant. I'm like, well, you know, it's another hobby. I tried to golf yesterday. 
How'd that work out? Drove all the way out to Colbert, and league night got canceled. So it's great. It, it's going to be so wet on courses. They're not going to. Yeah, just cart path only. 90 degree roll. roll oh, not even. Cart path only. Cart path only. <laughs> it, you would sink so Or the fast. whole yeah. the whole course is a water hazard. Um, but I play a lot of golf if I can. It's not as easy for me to do anymore because, like, in Manhattan, I'm not a member anywhere. And so you have to pay green fees every time you go. In Beloit, I could just get in my car and go play golf whenever the hell I damn well pleased. So it kind of sucks. Um, then I just play a lot of video games. I go in the summer. I go to the lake. I go home and go to the lake a lot. So I'm gonna go with you. All right, that's fine. Uh, buddy Tony's got a. He keeps inviting me out on his pontoon boat. That's badass. Gonna, we do have a pontoon. I'm gonna take advantage of that. Yeah, for me it's golf. It's pretty much it. Video games occasionally, but I haven't really played for Zach four spends his summer with 16 and 17 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Do you think should we, should, we explain that? Do you think I should yeah. explain that, or can I just leave that one? I'm a manager of a pool. <laughs> it's funny, as I actually, <laughs> I did mention that at a casino table a couple weeks ago. They're like, you work, what, 16, 17 year olds? I'm like, I work at a pool, man. <laughs> just to clarify, uh, Zach has had that job for a while, and so the summer gets slow, so he goes and does that and kind of flops out to yeah. part-time here. When the, nice. when the news slows down and our jobs get a little bit tougher in terms of finding content, Zach just bails on us. That's how I. There's put not it. a lot of videos. It's not like shot. I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of videos to be shot in the summer, and and he'll, he'll have the power chat to work on. We're hoping to do a, a season as soon as I get back yeah. from Hawaii. But uh, yeah, I garden a lot and uh, hang out with my dogs. My dogs and I are a posse. But I don't put hostages in the ground. I put plants called hostages. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. From Wizard6294, best type of sandwich. What is? It's a hard one. That's a hard one. Uh, look. There's just so many. Because if you put a bun or bread on the outside of meat or other I'll items. Piss off. Hey, no, I didn't. That was not a hot dog. Oh, okay. that was not a hot dog take. Okay, I'm it not. Sounded like I'm. No, I meant like chick. You know, like a chicken sandwich is different from going to a deli and getting a sandwich there. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. That's what. That's what I'm getting at. Not okay. a. I'm sounded not, very. Hot I'm not dog-ish. making a hot dog as a sandwich or is not a sandwich statement. I'm staying neutral on that. Sounded <laughs> subject very matter good because it's not. I uh, think if you told me pick one sandwich that you're gonna eat and then you're done, you're dead. Um. <laughs> <laughs> got a theme rolling here. Such, always. such a weird sentence. <laughs> um, I like, uh, I I really do like like Italian sandwiches. Whether it's like yeah. the pizza sub or like a meatball sub, anything like I know that that's a lot of sandwiches in one. But like that theme of sandwich is my favorite. So like with marinara sauce. Yeah, yeah, pretty much anything with marinara. Well, sauce I like on. the Italian meats. I'd you could just bad. put marinara sauce in a. My go-to is like, hey, I'm hungry, and this is on the menu, and I don't want to think as a club sandwich. I just, hey, I'll get the club. Uh, but my favorite sandwich, but it's got to be well done or it's awful, is a Cuban. I knew you were going to say that. If you do it well, it's really good. If you do it half-ass and just put a big chunk of pork on there and some pickles inside, it's not, they suck. I'm trying to think. Like, if I had to pick one sandwich to eat, for the rest of my life, and I could only eat that sandwich. Don't be basic, Zach. Oh, I'm going Chick Fil A chicken sandwich. Okay, fair That's enough. Not bad. That's. I didn't think about name brand foods. Now the whole game has changed. The Hunters Club from Jimmy John's. The got double meat. Oh, got to double meat that. There's so many options. Royale with cheese. 
Now, like, are you going to count burger as a sandwich in that case? I wouldn't. No. No. I just wanted to say that. All right. From Wagcat, who died and made Iowa State sexy? (laughs) I'm sorry. I know that's actually kind of a serious question, but that's hilarious. Every kid who signs with Iowa State should be required to spend a week in the winter in Ames, Iowa. Hot take, Iowa State and Ames aren't that bad. We make fun of it. The football setup for media is awful. Dude, you've been, you been walked across the Hilton Coliseum parking lot in the winter. That's just nature. No, that going one state north makes it that much worse. Just as oh, the weather's no, nicer in Oklahoma. That. And I'm telling you this, as a Game of Thrones person, I think the wall would actually be built between Kansas, Nebraska, and Missouri and Iowa. That is the wall. You build the wall to keep those people out because they are the frozen people that can live in the winter, and I don't trust them. I'm not arguing it's not colder in Iowa. Like, I know that. I've experienced it. I just... Iowa State is not that bad of a school. It is K-State light. It really is. And that's... You know, there's a lesson here. Uh, You know... You can't recruit to Manhattan, Kansas. Well, if you recruit to Ames, Iowa, you sure as hell to Manhattan, Kansas. Maybe it's because I like their coaches. I I'm like not, both of their coaches a lot. I don't, I'm not a big basketball coach fan, football, yeah. I, mean, I don't think he's very good, but I like him. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm, I'm I'm pissed off about this. Let's move on. I still don't understand your Game of Thrones. So. Yeah, I'm still... I, uh, I you, went you over my head. head. You were on Game of Thrones. People. Could you explain it like... From season one until that reference there. <laughs> There's just a giant wall between the seven kingdoms and the north where it's frozen tundra and and the people are wildlings. They don't Are not, those the white walkers? No, those are dead people, but they come from the far north. Yeah. Those people come from the north? Yeah. Okay. That's why there's a giant wall. Which one's the midget guy? The well, little short one. Yeah. He's, Who's he? You can't say that on television. <laughs> Sorry. Small person. He's a, Dwarf. He's, What's his name? Peter uh, Dinklage? Peter Dinklage. What's How do you name? know that? I know who he is. Well, he's, a, he's an accomplished actor. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's the actor. That's the actor. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know his name in the show. Come he's, on now. He's one of the Lannisters, but he's he's Such fallen a, out with his sister. We should just next overtime. Yeah, we, is he in a relationship with his sister? Uh, he was married uh, to one of the Stark wild. daughters because it was kind of a forced marriage. This is a wild show. And they're still friends. We should do... But are the brother and sister people still married? No, they were never they're, married. They just they're, banged. Okay. And <laughs> they're still... And she's pregnant, and she's found someone else to pretend to be the baby's father. How about oh. for one of the next overtimes, we just don't take questions, and we just do like 20 minutes of fits trying <laughs> to explain Game of Thrones. But they've had a falling out, so now he's been... He, he helped the North fight. And defeat the White Walkers, and now we're not sure which way he's going to go. Is he going to go back to his sister, or is he going to go kill her? There's only like one episode left, right? There's two. <sighs> There's like one big. I think next, I think this week's a big battle thing, and then the last one's going to kind of wind everything down. And this throne, someone is going to sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> After at the end of this, someone better. I swear to God, if nobody's on a throne, I'm going to lose it. So this throne does like does it just sit empty. Like how do they like no, how so- how do they like show the throne in the in the show? Because like you see it like everywhere, and like it's in marketing, and like people are like oh look the throne's here, and people sit on it and take pictures on it. But like in the show, it's like why not just sit. Like t- somebody needs to claim it, man. Well, I don't know. Someone understand. does claim it, but it's just you. You're supposed to unite the seven kingdoms to all be behind you and not be warring factions. That's what the show's about: trying to unite everyone 
to follow the king or queen. So is that going to happen or no? It better. That's what the whole damn thing's been about, but we have no idea who that will be. no way this happens. I hope this show ends like How I Met Your Mother, and you guys are all pissed. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Or like Seinfeld, they all just all end up in jail talking about stuff. That's how Seinfeld I've never actually watched Seinfeld through. It was the worst ending I've just watched it. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is the big battle scene was epic. Uh, last week they they had Starbucks, which was lovely. <laughs> they, they so are all the kingdoms fighting together? Or are they fighting against each other still? Because there's, there's two episodes left. <laughs> they, there are basically, what, two, three kingdoms on one side and everyone else on the other, although I think one kingdom is sitting out. So, yeah, they're all going down to King's Landing, where the throne's at, to have an epic battle. And there's only one dragon left, and I'm upset. So, yeah, Iowa State. <laughs> so Anyhow, okay. Iowa State, uh, they're the wildlings. All Still right. So many more questions. <laughs> I'm telling you, we should just do this as an overtime. <laughs> From, this is the last question of overtime from Wizard6294. If you had to save one Manhattan restaurant, barring all sponsors or chains, from imminent destruction, which one would you save and why? Look, I want this to be a sit-down. Let's let's think about this. Let's go through every restaurant in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, you know, I just want to I want to think it out. I want us to have a nice discussion about it. But it's Taco Lucha. And I I don't even have to think twice about it. And I think I'm an older guy. I think it's so long. Because, and that's a key component. If you're going to save one place, they better have booze. Right? Right? Yeah, They've got to be a good restaurant with booze, and either one of those works for me. I think. What they have done with those two, and if you don't know, they're owned by the same people, share the same kitchen. It's remarkable what they've done. It's remarkable. Here's what I'm saying, though, is if, if every other building got mowed down and you saved so long our lucha, you have to save the kitchen because you need the kitchen to operate. Well, here's the, Actually, the trick you, in the answer. If you, you save get to one, use both menus. You get to save both. That's true. If you save the kitchen, you get both menus. There's the trick. There you go. And if everything else gets mowed down, even though I love those places, I'm opening a hot dog stand right across the street named, no, it's not a sandwich. <laughs> I'll take early edition, but only the Candlewood one. That is so what I would name my hot dog stand. <laughs> no, it's not a sandwich. Actually, I think I would, I think I would name my hot dog stand something else, but I would name all of my items, no, it's not a sandwich. That way... <laughs> If you order a hot dog, you have to say, I'll take a no, it's not a sandwich. Like, yeah. you have to consciously think about That's it. That's like your shtick. Like, they order a hot dog, you just stare at them and go, point at the menu. It's called no, it's not a sandwich. How many of you know of it's not sandwiches do you want? Hell no, or, it's not. <laughs> or you could you could sell a hot dog. You can sell a sandwich. You say, what do you want, a hot dog? Or, like, is a hot dog a sandwich? And if that, you know, they, you order a hot dog and you ask them what it is. And then you either bring out a bologna sandwich or you bring them a hot dog. There you go. Or you take the hot dog and dice it up and put it on bread and hand it to them. Here you go. Here's your There's sandwich. sandwich. Get out of my Slice face. Slice it thinly. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be an additional $3 for the service fee. Takalucha doesn't serve hot dogs, and I'm happy. Very Taco good Lucha. They Man, would, though. Hey, I'll They'd just... put that on a tortilla and put peanut butter on it and try selling it on a Thursday and, night. And would I eat it? Hell yes, I would eat it. 
Yeah, they take some chances. Look, honestly, if you come to Manhattan, we talk a lot about Chick-fil-A because it is very good. And we talk about other places because there's a good chains. But there's so many local places, man. I feel horrible when a local restaurant that is good goes out of business, that has good service and it goes out of business. Because that just means not enough people went there or the parking wasn't good enough. It was something structural about the way Manhattan ignores Aggieville. And they do. Um, And so... If you come to town, try to eat local, please. These are these aren't you know some big corporate entity. These are people that have a home here in Manhattan. They have bills here in Manhattan. They have hopes and dreams here in Manhattan, and help them stay in business. Y'all screwed up my Wahoo getaway. <sighs> Still bitter. Still bitter. And I know you're bitter because the Parkhead podcast for this week is is over. Thank you, Tanners. Thank you, Hilo. And thank you to the Fridge Hill Cell Liquor. We will talk to you maybe next week. I don't know. I'll maybe stick do it a Monday Tuesday. 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 Yeah. We, got, we got a special us. on Monday. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Be back next week with WTC, Kate Barrett Studios. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.